0: It's all good to be here today, because I have a word that I believe is going to be a blessing to us. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, beginning at verse 16 through 18. And the word of God says, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Come on, give God some praise for that. He says, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, let it be known to you, O King, That we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And I want to highlight verse 27 because it's actually the title of today's message. The word of God says the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. They saw that these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Let me just say that one more time. They saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Say that with me. The fire had no power. The fire had no power. And I don't know what type of fire you're in right now, but in the name of Jesus, it has no power over your life. Amen. How many of you need to get yourself up today? I'm going to help you do that. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you bless this word. Thank you for allowing us to come to your house to worship, to be together, Lord. And I would just pray now, Lord, that you would speak through me. And bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this word today. The fire had no power. When I read that this week, it spoke to me. Because I wondered how many of us right now might be going through a fiery trial. And it seems like lately in your life, everything's just been set ablaze and you don't know what's going to happen. And maybe you've come to this church today and the Lord wants to tell you that the very circumstances of your life not only have no power over you, but God's going to use it to bless you and do more in your life. So I started reading Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these were men of God who decided that they were not going to bow down to the other pagan gods of the nation of Babylon that they were in. And what I love about this story is that it reminds me of something that took place in my own life a few years ago. See, A couple of years ago, my father, myself, and Frankie and Danny, we were blessed to be able to go to Israel. And as we went to Israel, I want to show you this picture, okay? This little model is me, actually. So I want to show you this picture. You see that little coat I have on? There's a story behind this coat. It's actually a woman's coat. I didn't know that when I bought it. And I only knew that because the, the tour guide who happened to be a lady had the same one. And she said, do you shop where I shop? I'm like, I think I just did. So anyway, what took place was we were in Israel and there was a cold front that had come in. You can take the picture out now. I'm embarrassed by that. Okay. Now we were in Israel, a cold front had come in and I wasn't prepared for it. I had no coat, and it was freezing. And one night in the hotel, I was in the lobby and I was freezing. And a friend of mine who happens to be another pastor in Chicago He said, David, why don't we go out and let's just go find you a, let's go find you a jacket. Let's go find you a sweater. And I said, man, that's a great idea. So late at night, we were in Bethlehem and he said, let's just go out and walk the streets of Bethlehem and see if we can find something. And I told this pastor, I said, listen, Bethlehem is a very dangerous city. It's not, you know, the best city. It's very crazy and it's not safe. Maybe we should wait till the morning. And this pastor looks at me and he said, David, don't worry, I'm from Chicago. (laughs) And he said, Southside, Chicago. These streets mean nothing to me. So I said, and and I confidently believed him. So we went out that night in Bethlehem. And here's the thing I want to tell you if you ever go to Israel. Here's some pointers. Number one, if you want to get the best table at a restaurant, if you want to skip the line, if you want people to treat you night in Israel, two things tell them that you're American and tell them you love Trump. That's truth. You tell them that, they open the, be- the-, the curtains for you. Everything is-, is just there. But we went to Bethlehem and me knowing this, because they told me, if wherever you go in Israel, just tell them, David, you're American and you love Trump and everything's going to be great. I said, alright. But we were in Bethlehem and here's the problem with Bethlehem. Bethlehem is Palestinian territory. And It's very much predominantly Muslim. And I have forgotten this. So I walk into this store with jackets. There's these three Muslim men. And I said to them, do you have jackets? They didn't speak a word of English. And your pastor looks at them and says, do do you have a jacket? And I go, oh, wait, wait. I'm American. American. I love Trump. And they looked at me, what? And I said, American. Trump. And when I looked back, my Chicago friend was gone. True story. I was alone in that store. And these men, one of them locks the door. I'm not kidding. One of them just locks the door. It's like a scene of a movie. He locks the door. And I said, oh, it's about to get real. It's about, I'm about to be martyred. You know, whatever. And this isn't one of those stories like, oh, I had the faith of God. no, no. no I was scared. And all of a sudden, this man falls to his knees, starts bowing. And I look at the other men, and they fell to their knees and started bowing. Because in Israel, if you're Muslim, three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, when you hear the sound and the loudspeakers throughout the city, you'll hear this chanting, you'll hear this music, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you could be at work, you could be driving, you could be having dinner. As a Muslim, you have to stand up, stop what you're doing, fall to the ground on your face, and worship Allah. And these men did just that, right in front of me. They just stopped everything to bow down and pray. When I saw that, I said, that's so sad. It's sad because these men had no idea about Jesus. It's sad because the minute they heard that sound, they had to just stop everything and worship. And this is the picture of what's happening here in the book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar was an evil king that said to the people of Israel who were there in bondage in Babylon, he said, whenever you hear the sounds of music, whenever you hear the trumpets, whenever you hear the lairs, whenever you hear the sound, whatever you're doing, You have to stop and worship our God. But here's the problem. As an Israelite, as children of God, that went against the word of God. Because the Bible had clearly directed them, you shall have no other gods before you. You should not worship any other idols. So Phaedric, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew... That they were surrounded by an ungodly nation that wanted them to bow down to their system. And it is a picture of what we're under right now in our country. There is an ungodly system set up all around us that is trying to get the people of God to bow down and submit to. But Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made the decision To say, I don't care what's popular, I don't care what the king says, I don't care what everyone else is doing, when that sound comes and everyone is bowing down and worshiping, we're going to stand for God. We're not going to compromise, we're not going to bend, we're not going to waver, we're going to stand up for what is right, and we're going to do what the word of God says. And it would cost them their life. It would cost them their family. It would cost them everything. They did not care. They said, we are going to stand for God. So it sounded. They stood up for God. And Nebuchadnezzar said, You're not going to bow down. I'm going to give you one chance. Just bow down, guys, and everything's going to be okay. Just bow down, and we're going to save your life. Just bow down and compromise, and no harm's going to come. But they said, we will not serve you. We will not bow. And here's what's sad about this. Nebuchadnezzar was not telling them, don't worship your God. He was actually saying, on top of worshiping your God, worship mine. Mix it up a little, and you'll be okay. That's why in Babylon, there was over 42,360 Israelite men in bondage, according to Ezra. And you wonder, why is it that only Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only ones that stood up for God? It's because the rest of the 42,360 men of God, they said, we're going to worship God but we're also going to worship this God. We're going to worship our God, but we're going to mix it up a little and and worship the gods of the other nations. And this is what's happening in the church today. There are many people that are saying, we're going to worship God. We're going to love Jesus. We're going to serve the Lord. But on top of serving God, we're going to bow down to the ungodliness of this world. We're going to mix it up a little. We're going to do both and God's going to be okay with that. But Sadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo said, we're not even going to mix anything with God. We're going to do what's right and stand up for Him. So as Sadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo stood up and said, Nebu, we're not going to bow down. They grabbed them. and threw them into the fire. Imagine that with me. They threw them into the fire. Now in the Bible, a fire has different symbolisms. A fire not only is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but a fire is a symbol of destruction. According to Revelations, God's going to judge the world by fire. That's destruction. But see, another symbolism in the Bible of fire is a test. It's a trial. And what looked to be like destruction for Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was actually a test by God. Can I preach for a second? You might be looking at your fire the wrong way. You might be looking at your life and your problems and you're saying, why does God hate me? Why is God unfair? Why is God so mean? But what if the fire you're facing in your life is actually a test by God because He wants to take you somewhere better? And He's getting you ready for what He has for you. Look with me in 1 Peter 1.7. And notice what the Bible says. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being what? Tested as fire. The fire is a test. And notice it is being tested as a fire. A test that purifies it purifies gold through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, notice it says when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you, it will bring you, let me say it one more time, it will bring you much praise, glory, And honor. Not that it will bring God praise and glory and honor. God said, no, no, no. It's going to bring you praise, glory, and honor. You realize that God says through the trials of your life, they are like fire but it's not a fire to destroy you. Whatever you're going through right now, God is not letting you go through it because he's trying to destroy you. God is allowing the fire in your life because it is just a test of faith that if you're able to hold on to and go through, you're gonna see God do something so amazing that you're gonna say, God, thank you, and you're gonna praise him. Can you praise God right now? Because whatever fire you're going through, God says it's just a test. And He's getting you ready. And that was exactly what was happening to Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire was not to destroy them, it was a test that God was giving them. And I love what they said here. Look at verse 16. And then verse 16. The Bible says, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Notice what he said, we don't have to defend ourselves. We have no need to defend ourselves in this matter. Notice the next verse. He says, if that's the case, and this is the phrase you have to learn in life with God. If that's the case, if that's the case, Lord, you want to bring this to my life. If that's the case, Lord, and you're going to allow this. If that's the case, Lord, and you're going to bring this pain to me. Notice what they said. If that's the case, oh, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. He's able to deliver us from our fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hands, O oh, king. But notice what they said next in verse 18. Notice this passage. That said, King Nebuchadnezzar, verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, we do not serve your gods. So let's rewind here for a second. King Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow down to me, we're going to throw you into this furnace. And I love what they said here. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, Our God is able. And some of you need to hear that right now. God is able. Maybe you're in a circumstance that you're not able.
1: And you're saying, I'm not able
0: to go through this. I'm not able to solve this. I'm not able to handle this. And it's okay when you're not able to because you serve a God that says, I am able to. And they say, we know that God is able. In fact, Ephesians says that God is able to do far more than we ever think, ask, or even imagine. God is able, whatever you're going through, whatever fire you may be in, you have to have the faith that says, God is able. I may be in an impossible situation. I may have my back against the wall. I may be going through the most impossible of circumstances, but my God is able. But notice what they say church. And here's where you're not going to like me. You ready? But if he doesn't, if he doesn't, because Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had the faith to know that God was able. That God was able to deliver. But they also had the knowledge to know that sometimes God does it. They said, if He does not see, just because God can doesn't mean God will. And that's hard to accept from God. We love to hear that God is able. We love to hear that He's able to save your children. He's able to heal. He's able to provide. He's able to get you through. He is able. And everyone gets excited in the church because God is able. Yes, He's able. And we get so lifted up. He's able. But there's another side to God that's often ignored in the church and that is the God that is able but won't. He's the God that is able but doesn't. And it's hard to accept this. It's difficult to even preach this. In fact, today in the church, many people would have told Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't talk like that. You have to have faith, brother. You have to believe that God's going to do it. You have to name it and claim it. You have to declare it because there's power in your tongue. There's power in the words. You have to have a positive mindset. You have to speak the word of God so it happens. So, Sandrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't have doubt. Don't have fear. Don't let the devil use you like that. You need to believe that he's able. And they said, yeah, we know he's able. We just said it. But we also know that God may not do it. See, real faith, guys. You ready? Real faith is tested. Not when you say God is able. Your real faith is tested when you know He's able but he doesn't do it. It's like when you're sitting by the bedside of a loved one that's sick, and you're saying, God, I know you're able to heal, but he doesn't. It's like praying and saying, Lord, I know you're able to restore my marriage, but it doesn't. Lord, I know you're able to bring this person to the Lord. I know you're able to save them, but he doesn't. What do you do, church, when the God that is able doesn't do it? Am I preaching truth today? That's hard to accept. Real faith is not just saying, He's able. Real faith and real love and real trust is knowing, even though I know God is able, if my God says no, if my God doesn't do it, I'm going to remain serving Him. I'm going to remain loving Him. I'm going to remain loyal to Him, even if He doesn't. Because one of the scariest words in our minds is that one little two-letter word, if. What if? And if it doesn't, What if it doesn't come through? What if God doesn't answer it? What if this happens? Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if we know the God who is able to deliver us doesn't, we're going to serve Him. If he doesn't. You say, no, Pastor, you're supposed to preach and say he's gonna do it and that he's able, and I can't lie to you. The question is now whether God is able or not. The question is if God is willing or not, he's able. But what if he doesn't? Church, what if he doesn't answer your prayers the way you thought he would? What if he doesn't open up the doors and give you the opportunity you so fought for? What if he doesn't give you the career you worked so hard for? What if he doesn't give you the spouse you prayed for? What if he doesn't heal you? What if he doesn't deliver you? Zadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God, whom we serve, is able. Did you notice that they said, Our God, Because no matter what happens in your life, whether God does it or not, you should declare, He is still my God. He is still our God, whom we serve. No matter what God allows into your life, He is worthy to serve. He is worthy to love. He is still worthy to trust. So real faith is not just coming to a church and believing that He's able. All of us know that God is able. But where many of us fall apart is when we have the knowledge that God is able. But He doesn't. He doesn't do it. And as a pastor of many years, I've seen many people walk out on the faith because they love the God who is able but couldn't trust God when he did it. And I have sat around with people that have lost loved ones, who have lost children, who have gone through sickness. And I say, where is God in this? He's there. The God that is able may not always do it the way you thought He would. But here's the good news. His ways are always higher than our ways. Come on, give God praise for that. Let's look at verse 23 to 25. And these three men, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down, bound into the midst of the burning furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O King. Yeah, we did. Look, he said. I see four men. Loose. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not hurt. Notice what the Bible says. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And this is what we call a Christophany in the Bible. It's Jesus in the Old Testament. Do you not realize what they said? That Jesus was standing right with them. And let to speak volumes to you today, church. That serving God does not mean you're going to avoid a fire. Serving God does not mean fireproof except if you're talking about hell. But here on earth, God says you're going to go through some fire. And notice the Bible teaches that they did not just go into the fire, they fell down into the fire. And that word fell down in the Hebrew literally means to be knocked out. So let's just bring this together because it means that serving God means that sometimes in your life, you're going to get knocked down. I need a real amen. Where are my real Christians at? Where are my real fighters at? That know that being a fighter doesn't mean you win every match. It only means you get knocked down, but you know how to get yourself back up. That's what it means to serve God. And what I love about Sandra Meshach, and Abednego is God says not only did they go through the fire. They got knocked down. And I wonder how many of you here today are going through a fire that has knocked you down. It's not an accident. Of all the Sundays you're here. Because God wants you to know, I know you're knocked down. I know you're going through the fire. Serving God doesn't mean we're going to avoid fires. Let me tell you what serving God means. Number one, it means that when you're in the midst of the fire, the trial, that Jesus stands with you. That you're not alone facing it. It means that Jesus will meet you where you are. And sometimes God allows the fire into your life because He wants to reveal Himself to you. And maybe you're in this church today and you're going through such a fire in your life, you don't know why. Maybe it's because God loves you and God wants to meet you where you are and Jesus is here waiting for you. Serving the Lord means you do not have to go through this alone. What I love about this, picture this, they're in the fire. He thought there were three of them. When he looks, he sees four. And he said, one of them is the Son of God. How does this man know who Jesus is? We don't know. But here's the honest to God truth. Sometimes God is going to put you through a fire and the rest of the world better see Jesus with you. That's why as a Christian and you're going through a fire, it is not a time to fall apart. It is not a time to get bitter and angry. you got to show the ungodly world that you're going through a fire, but I'm not alone. You have to show the ungodly world that Jesus stands with me. Why? Because if there's anything this world needs to see, it's more Jesus than us. But too many Christians are pathetic. Walking around defeated. And you don't realize that there are people out there that don't know Jesus. And the closest Jesus they're going to get to is you. Looking at your trials. Looking at your fire. And the ungodly people around you, that might be your spouse. It might be your family. It might be your children. But when they see you in the fire, I pray that they not only see you, but they see Jesus with you. And that's why you go through the fire. Because he's trying to show others who Jesus is. It's not a time to complain. It's not a time to give up. It's not a time to question God. It's not a time to be discouraged and bitter and angry. It is a time to say, Lord, if you're going to allow me to go through this fire, I know you stand with me, but I pray, Jesus, as you stand with me, that the rest of the world who doesn't know you see you through me. I need a better amen than that. Give God praise. Because you never know, you might be the only way someone sees Jesus. But there you are, oh mm, life is hard and it's complaining. <coughs> Serving God means Jesus stands with you. Serving God means you gotta loosen up a little. Well, how many uptight people do I have here? <laughs> One line. Okay, let's be honest. Would you look at that person next to you and let me know if they seem uptight to you? Do they look uptight? A little tight? Yeah? Amen?
1: Come on, where am I uptight? People say, Amen! I'm, tight. I'm a little uptight.
0: All right. In Jesus' name, loosen up. Look at verse 25 with me. Here's an interesting part of this story I never realized. They said, look, they answered, I see four men, because Jesus was with them, walking in the midst of the fire, they're not hurt, and the form of the other one's like the son of God. Now let me read this one more time. He said, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt, and the form of the hurt, of the fourth one is like the son of God. Keep going. Go to the next verse. Verse 26. You put it up there? Then Nebuchadnezzar went there, to the burning fiery furnace, and he spoke, and he said, Sadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo, servant of the Most High God, come out of here! And I want to explain something to you here. The Bible says clearly, that when Nebuchadnezzar looked at Sadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo, they saw that not only were they walking around in the fire. But the Bible says they were loose, that weren't loose in the Hebrew means to be unbound. Now, when I read this, I said, "Wait a minute, Jesus. why was it so important that she not only go into the furnace with them? but while they're in the midst of the fire, you loosen them up. Can I be honest? Say, preach it, pastor. All right. Had that been forward in the furnace? I know my church. Had we all been bound? And Jesus steps up and starts untying us. Our church would have got real with Jesus. And said, oh yeah, what's the point of loosening me up if you're not going to get me out of this fire? Shouldn't you get me out first? Then set me free. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to allow you to go through this. But I want you to go through it loose. Unbound. Loosen up. Come on, say it. Loosen up a little. He's with you. Why is it so important that Jesus loosened them while they were in the fire? Because he's letting you know you're going to go through some fire in life. But I don't want you to be bound ever. And what happens to us is that we go through fires in our lives, but a lot of us allow us to be bound and we get bound by depression. We get bound by anxiety. We get bound by anger. We get bound by fear. We get bound by the past. And Jesus says, I want you to go through this fire, but you can still experience freedom while you're in it. You can still have joy. You can still have peace. Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So you shouldn't be walking through the fire miserable. You should be walking through the fire knowing he's with you and you are not bound by anything. He has set you free. You better act like it. It makes no sense why Jesus didn't until I realized Jesus unbound him and loosen them up while they're in the fire because he's letting you know you don't have to experience freedom only after I get you out of this. You can experience freedom while you're in it. So don't wait to get the job. Don't wait to be healed. Don't wait to have your prayers answered to say, now I'm free. God wants to see you in the fire and say, now I'm still free. Now I'm still not bound. Devil, you're not going to bound me by anything. I'm still free. But see what I see in the church. You want to see what forward looks like? I found forward in the New Testament. Luke 13.10. I found, I found forward. And that, this is an honest to God story. The reason forward fellowship is called forward is because I read this story 13 years ago. Not knowing it was prophetic. God said, this is what your church is going to look like. <laughs> Now he was teaching, that's Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bent over. There was no way to raise her up. Let's pause there, pause there. That's you. You know how many people come forward like this? Bent down for years, bent down. The devil wants you down. Oh, she came to, she came to church that Sunday. She came to hear the Word of God. She came to hear Jesus teach. And some of you, are, oh, it's Sunday. We're going to church. You go to church, but you go down. Hey, Pastor David. Yeah, it's another Sunday at Ford. What's the point? I don't think Pastor's talking to me because he doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't know who I'm married to. Doesn't know the kids that I'm raising. I think one of them is Lucifer. The other one's Damien. They're just there. What? This never going to change. Oh, oh, but kids, it's Sunday. Let's go to church, kids. Come on, Sunday. You came down to church. Hey, shake a few hands. Hug people. Hey, yeah, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah, after this, nothing's going to change. But here I am listening to the word of God. And she couldn't get herself up. But Jesus, Jesus saw her, called her. I love it because when I read it, the NIV said he calls her forward. And that's why when I read that, God said, call that church forward. And I thought it's because we were moving forward. No, no, no. It's because God knew I would have a lot of you people over here Bent down. Miserable. I read it wrong. I thought "Forward, man, we were going places to the world and back. No. He said, no, David, you're going to have a lot of broken people. I still love you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> but there they were. He called her to him and said to her, I love this. This is how you need to talk. Woman, don't say that to your wife so she will slap you. But listen, (laughs) he said, Woman, you are loose. Loosen up. You are loose from this infirmity. See, Jesus, in the New Testament and even the Old Testament, he was always in the business of loosening people up. And my church and our church and this church, we need to loosen up a little more. He laid his hands on her. Notice, guys, I am preaching today. He called her and said, woman, you're loose. Then Then he put his hand on her. Then he healed her. Not after. He said, You are loose. Well, I don't feel loose. I don't look loose. Jesus touched her. He said, Woman, you are loose. And he put his hands on her. Immediately, she was made straight. glorified God. When I read that, I wasn't going to throw this in this sermon, but I needed to. Because the Lord is telling someone this morning, loosen up. Because I'm about to straighten things up. Come on, who needs to hear that today? I'm going to straighten things up. I don't want to see people coming forward anymore. All down and stuff. The Bible says, when Jesus told her, be loose. straightened her up. She was never the same again. I think too many Christians are uptight. Jesus says, listen, Sadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I'm not going to get you out of this fire just yet. I'm able to. But I'm not. I'm going to let you go through this fire. I want you to picture what that fire means to you. That fire can be the season your marriage is in trouble, the season that you have cancer, the seasons that your kids are rebellious. Jesus said, I'm not going to get you out just yet. But I am going to loosen you. So while you go through this, you can still walk free. You don't need to be bound by fear. You don't need to be bound by discouragement. You don't need to be bound by depression. In Jesus' name, you are loose. And in verse 22, what does serving God mean? Not only that the Lord is with you, not only that you can loosen up, But it says, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire killed those men who took Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But notice what it says in verse 27. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw that these men whose body, the fire, had no power The hair of their head was not singled, was not side, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not even on them. And I want to close with this today. They were amazed as they saw Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this fire. And the one thing they said that stands out is they saw the fire had no power. But the Bible says also that that same fire that had no power over Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that same fire killed the servants of Nebuchadnezzar. And this is what I want to share with you today. The same fire that killed them had no power over them. The same power that killed the servants of Nebuchadnezzar could not touch Sadrach, Meshach, and Nebuchadnezzar. It had no power. The same fire that destroys the ungodly cannot touch you. It had no power. They had to face it. They had to be in it. But the Bible says it had no power to destroy them. Because God had the highest power. Do you realize you serve the highest power? But some of you here today, you're giving too much power to your problems. You're giving too much power to your fire. Let me tell you what serving God means. It doesn't mean that you're going to avoid the fire. But it does mean that you're going to come out of it. It does mean that that fire is not going to destroy you. And in this room today, a lot of you are going through a fire. But you have to declare in the name of Jesus that that fire has no power over me. And even though I'm in it, and even though I'm going through it, The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar looked at Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, Come out. And I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but you will come out of this. Let's all stand to our feet and declare today, say, I will come out of this. It may be a difficult fire, it may be a fire you don't understand. But serving God doesn't mean you're not going to go through some fires. It just means that Jesus stands with you. And when Jesus stands with you, it means you can loosen up. And when you loosen up a little, you realize that that fire has no power over your life. And in verse 30, I love what the Bible says in verse 30, then the King promoted Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that word promoted in a Hebrew literally means to go to something higher, to go to the next level, to go to a place of more and blessing. You realize that the only reason and the only way God promoted them is because they had to go through a fire first. And in Jesus' name, there is a promotion just ahead, but you have to go through the fire You have to go through the fire. You're saying, God, promote me. God, bless me. God, give me more. And God says, I have it. But you're not willing to go through the fire with me. But after they went through the fire, that same fire... That was made to destroy them. Actually bless them. That's when you know it's God. That's when you know it's His favor. Because the fire should have killed them. But instead they came out better. And some of you here today. You should have been dead a long time ago. But God had favor over your life. Because He had more for you. And in that moment. They came out. They were promoted. And with every head bow and every eye closed today, you may be here today and you're going through a fire. Sadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo survived this fire because Jesus stood with them. And maybe someone here today doesn't know Jesus. But he wants to meet you where you are. Because I'm telling you the truth. There is an eternal fire waiting. And that fire is hell. But Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. So that the Bible says whoever confesses that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose will be saved. Jesus died on this cross because he loved you. You and I did nothing to earn it. The Bible is clear that it's not by good works that you're saved. It is not by coming to church that you're good and saved. It is not by none of that, but only by what Jesus did. And the same way that Jesus stood With Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Lord wants to stand with you, but you need to invite Him in. And stop going through this alone. He's waiting for you. He wants to meet you where you are. And if that's you this morning, don't procrastinate. Don't hold up another second. But say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. And surrender my life to you. Now, if that is your prayer today, would you put that hand up so I can see you and pray for you today. God bless you. God bless you. And I see your hand there. And I see your hand there as well. And I see yours as well. Praise God Almighty. You are here today by the grace of God. The fire should have killed you a long time ago. But the reason you're still alive is not because you're big and bad and strong. It's because God is big. God is strong. And God had a calling for your life. And you are here today because He loves you and wants to stand with you in the fire. He wants to loosen you of your past. He wants to loosen you of your addiction. He wants to loosen you of what the devil has bound you with. And his name is Jesus. Give him praise and glory today. And if you're here today, he's saying, Pastor, I know he's able, but I don't know if he's going to do it, but I'm okay with that. It's time for you to say, Lord, loosen me up as I trust you in this fire. Because in Jesus' name, like Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're not only going to come out of this, you're going to come out better. So today I want to invite you to this altar up here in this front. If you're here today and you're saying, I want to receive Jesus and maybe you're here and you're saying, I have Jesus but I need to bow down before God in this altar and surrender my fire to Him because pastor, I'm in the furnace and things are getting hot in my life and I'm scared and I'm worried but today the Holy Spirit just reminded me that our God is able and even if He doesn't, our God stands with me. Our God sets me free. I am loose in the name of Jesus and nothing has Bound me and I'm coming out of this better than before because that's who God is and I don't care what your fire is you better tell that fire you have no power over me in Jesus name come on come to this altar today As Frankie leads us in worship, you come to this altar with your dreams, with everything, your family, your sicknesses, your diseases, your problems, your addictions. Fall before Jesus at this altar and say, Lord, you stand with me. And if you're here today because you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you pray this with me today and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Today, I receive you and only you as my Savior. And I ask you to remember me as I surrender my life. Save me. I am now yours in Jesus' name. Give God praise for those today that prayed this with me. But you pray this with me today. You're saying, Jesus, I'm in the fire. Would you tell the Lord what your fire is? He knows what it is because He's there with you. Say, Lord Jesus, this is my fire. I asked you to get me out of it, but you didn't. But Would you tell the Lord today from your heart? Lord, that's okay. It's okay that you didn't answer my prayer. It's okay that you didn't show up when I asked you to. It's okay you allowed me to go through this. Because Lord, today I understand. You are with me. And you are able. But if you don't, Lord, I want you to know. And I want the rest of the world to know. I will serve you. In Jesus' name. Come on, give Him some praise today. Come on.